Hey guys, before we get to the show, go ahead and click subscribe. This way, when you're subscribed to this podcast, every time we have a new episode come out, you'll get notified right away and you'll be listening to a bunch of money-making, game-changing information to grow your business. So go ahead, click subscribe and enjoy the show. Thanks. This is the Fitness Business University podcast. This is Tom Langton. Vince Gabriel is not in the house today. Actually, right now, he is in California speaking at the Mind Body Bold Convention. He spoke this morning, but uh, I'm lucky enough to have actually two guests. This is the first time we've had two guests on the podcast. Um, business partners, friends, Todd Bumgarner and Chris Merritt. You guys, what, you guys are from Virginia. What area of Virginia are you? Well, we're both from Pennsylvania, but we live in, we live in Northern Virginia. <laughs> I like to throw, I like to, I'm from Pennsylvania. I am not from Virginia. I'm gonna, I'm We're going to throw okay. a lot of curveballs at you today with yeah. things that just don't make sense. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's all right. That's all right. No problem. So, <laughs> so Todd and Chris are business partners actually in two separate businesses. And, and that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have them on is it's a very unique situation where they've been able to build. It's kind of, I don't know if anybody else has, has started with an online business and transitioned into being partners in a brick and mortar. And it's, it's, it's a really interesting story. So let's just, let's jump right into it. So your, your two businesses are the strength faction, mm-hmm. which is the online section. And then beyond strength is the brick and mortar business in Northern Virginia, even though you guys are from Pennsylvania. We'll, we'll make that very clear. <laughs> but, so, so I, I don't know who wants to start, but, but kind of tell, tell your story start with the, how you started the strength faction and, and, and how that rolled into, into the brick and mortar business. You want to go? You want me to go? I, I can. I can kick that off. You do uh, it, so, uh, Chris. You started off. Chris, you started off. Uh, <laughs> I'll hand it over to Todd when we really get to the strength faction part. Because prior to all of this, um, how in the world does Pennsylvania come in? We we met. I I went to Penn State for exercise science uh, kinesiology and was working at a gym up there called Victory Sports Performance and Fitness. I think it was called or Victory Performance. That's it. Like that. But but. Uh, I was working there and Todd was doing his master's degree and was there as an intern. Um, and that, so that's where we met. And uh, I left there in May of 2010. He left so many months after me and it was weird. We both wound up around the DC area, um, but we became good friends for like just a little bit before I moved. Like we had just met and we kept in contact and the way this kind of all came together is that after we had both left that gym, a lot of our clients were hitting us up and they were like, Hey, like, it's just not the same as, is there any way, you know, like whatever it was, didn't like the, the style of training from the trainers they were handed off to or whatever. Cause there wasn't really like a system there of like how things were done um, which there's a lesson in that. <laughs> uh, and um, so we, we sort of like accidentally started an online training business. Didn't really have interest in starting an online training business. Didn't know what we were doing. Um, but that's how it all came together. 2010. And then it just kind of like we got focused in real businesses, both one that he worked for. And then I opened the gym in 2011, which we can come back to, but it was in 2000, I mean, 2013, we actually planned sort of the original shell for strength action, although not at all what it turned into. Um, But a mistake that we made was bringing in other people who didn't necessarily have our same voice uh, or, or the same vision for the business. Um, and so it kind of went away until, and I'm leaving some stuff out here, but I want to get through this without, no, that's all, that's all right. um, basically 2015. And this is where Todd should jump in. Cause he could tell you what time of year it was and everything. It was like summer, late summer, mm-hmm. 2015. He hit me up. So, yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate. We were, I, I could actually remember the, the first conversation that we really had about, uh, 
the online business, which would turn into Strength Faction, because we were sitting at a we were sitting at a Thai restaurant in Falls Church, Virginia, and we were it was both of our girlfriends at the time. I was like, hey man, maybe we should just like do this online business thing. And we were like, so it was so funny. It was like we had the the Kevin Costner, if we build it, they will come kind of mindset about what it was going to be like, we'll just do it. It'll be fine. We'll charge people 50 bucks. It'll be great. And then, it was, uh, it was 40 bucks. 40 yeah, it didn't work. Didn't work. But, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of stuff happened in between there. Um, and then the, the, we had a vision of, of having this brand and then he'd have a gym in Virginia cause he was staying down here. I ended up back in Pennsylvania, um, wanted to have a gym there. Kind of all the plans fell through and I was like, I gotta get out of here for a while. I went to Connecticut, worked up there for a little bit. And then as I was leaving Connecticut, <clears throat> I was like, I like to swing real big and swing real hard. That's just kind of, that's kind of my personality. And Chris is actually good at toning me back sometimes. Um, and I was like, I called him on the phone as I was leaving Connecticut. I was like, Hey man, we're going to do that business that we started laying out. And we had had this, we, I came down for a weekend in 2013. I came down to his house. We, we just literally locked ourselves in his house and we, we wrote out all these plans for creating an online platform for like educating and training people. And, uh, Todd, Todd can I, can I cut you off? Yeah. I think I want, I want to get you, I want to get into, so like a lot of people in this industry hear online business and they think right. it's like people on Instagram where you're sending people PDFs oh, yeah, of no. your program of the week. Strength faction is a very unique. So when you guys say online training, what, dive into what that is a little bit. So, oh, so, okay. No. Sure. Yeah. So for strength faction, we, we it's actually, it, it's a very community based thing and we have, uh, we run it that way. That's what we want. So the whole goal of it is to help folks, help trainers, take fitness and make it their career because we saw so folks right go ahead i'm sorry so, so it's, it's not it's not people like you're not you're not so online training people are thinking like you're acquiring clients and giving them training programs this no. business is geared toward fitness professionals it's for coaches yeah it's for coaches okay. yeah and and that was kind of we got to that vision because we were like that's our audience and that's who we can actually help the best um so really no we educate them um we connect with them we actually coach them and it's through a 17 week process and there's, we can get into the whole web of it as, as, as we talk, if you'd like, but it, we just, I, I was on my way home from Connecticut. I called Chris. I was like, Hey man, we're going to start that business. And he's like, cool. And I was like, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to start in two weeks. I'm going to make a post on Facebook today and we're going to get trial clients. And so I made a post and we had no plans and we had no idea what we were going to do yet. And we just took six weeks and we figured it out. And then at the end of that, we really came to the conclusion that, um, we need to work with coaches. Because everybody that everybody that was interested was a coach. The people we could help best were the coach, um, and so because, because originally, and I think that's part that got skimmed over. Because originally, it was to be an online training program for men. Don't ask yeah. why. Don't don't really we know. Do a men's transformation program. I think it's just because we were dudes and we wanted to be dudes with dudes, and that's really it. <laughs> so so the, so the original strength action was actually geared to bring guys in that wanted to lose body fat or get strong or whatever. Yep. And then it transitioned to professionals because I think actually I think nowadays when you hear oh it's an online training business, people immediately think of Instagram models and sending out right. nutrition plans and stuff like that. No. So 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 do me a favor, break down what what is strength action. So most of the people listening to this are people that can benefit from that. What, what is, what is strength faction? So if I were to sign up for, for sure, if I would be a member of, of strength faction, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, so the first iteration was like, what, what we started was looking at coaches. What's the biggest lack that they had. And the first, especially when they first really start to get into the industry and they actually have a little bit of success. What's the first thing that goes, you stop taking care of yourself. So we made it about helping coaches take care of themselves. And then from there, this whole educational platform grew out of it. Cause it's like, well, if you have that piece, 
what's going to help you with that? Well, having a program design system, because then you're not going to waste all this time doing a bunch of stuff that you don't need to be doing and making program design simple. And then from there, it's like, well, if you want to have a healthy clientele, you need to know how to connect with them and coach them. And we'd build out that piece. And it's like, okay, well, if you want people to stick around and you want to be able to educate them, you need some skills to be able to do that. So we have a whole piece on like the little business type things like writing, doing a podcast, doing videos. So this whole thing kind of flowered out of this uh, idea that we wanted to help coaches take better care of themselves. And then from there, it's like, oh, well, what would that be? It would actually be helping them turn in fitness into a career rather than like, I'm a personal trainer. And then what happens in three years when I'm busy and I burn out? So when folks come in, we help them train. We help them take care of themselves. We help them get organized. We give them our program design system. We teach them that. We teach them all of our coaching systems. And we teach them pretty much everything that we've done to build this out. Like I, you know, the, from writing, from doing video, from all of that. And all the while, we have, like, we, have, we have coaches on every continent. And we connect them to people that they can have real conversations with in real time. So if like, if somebody's not where you are right now, they have been and they can interact with you and help you kind of figure out your path from there. So it's really just a big, big community that's, that's built on this principle of like, hey, we're all going to go forward and, and, and build a better life for ourselves as this is our career. Who, who is your, so we talk a lot about on this podcast, like that ideal client or your avatar of, so for strength faction, what, what is, a, what is a, a common member look like? What is, a, a, is it someone who owns a business? Is it a personal trainer at a 24-hour fitness? What is we that? Have, what is that? We have, we have two. We have two. Really? Um, Chris, you want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, also happens organically, but I think it's a testament to uh, what the strength faction has provided. And I think we pinch ourselves and continually go like, what in the world? Um, it's pretty cool, which is that now we have a lot of business owners and we have a lot of personal trainers. But if you look at them, not all of them, but a lot of the business owners have been with us since 2015, 2016, and did not own a gym when they started and, and uh, have transitioned into that role, which is pretty cool. So uh, the program has evolved a ton. And now I wouldn't say we equally serve both. And in fact, we're, we're working on kind of modifying things a bit for all these people. Now they're in the early stages of gym ownership because we've been there, right? Um, and, and doing that. But yeah, so it's those two groups now. The clients that typically do the well, the, the best with us are folks that have been into the industry for a couple of years. They are to the point where they've had a little bit of monetary success, but they're to the point where they're, they're frustrated and they know they don't know something. They know that they're having a hard time with program design. They know that they're struggling with taking care of themselves. And they're the folks that get to that point of frustration where they're like, I just need help. And that's the people that we try to reach because they're at that point where it's like, I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do this. So that's, those are the people that we try to help. And it's more like, like I guess kind of a psychographic of where we reach people because we reach business owners that are that way. We reach personal trainers and then we really help people transition towards the thing that they want to do. What, what are the biggest points of frustration that you see in these, in your clients? Is it, is it a lack of organization? Is it a lack of like, what does a clear path in the industry look like? Cause there's not, this is one industry. There's not like a, a, a career right. path. It's not, it's not, you're not getting pay raises. You're not, you know, there's no 401ks and all that stuff. Like if you work for a, a corporation, so, so what are some common frustrations that you see? I think, I think our business partner, Mike, so we have a third partner in that business, Mike Connolly, um, who's a great dude. He has a gigantic head. He lives in Chicago. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he said it really well. It's like we show, we show people what's possible because there are a million paths and people don't really know what they can do with this industry. Um, and we show them what's possible. 
Uh, and I think that that's it is people get to the point where they get stuck and it's like, oh, well, am I just going to train people like this one hour, trade hours for the rest of my life? Or is there something else I can do with this? Um, and we get people that are kind of at that point and we get people that are burned out because um, they don't know how to organize themselves and take care of themselves. And that those are the big points of frustration. And, and the way that, um, that I think we can succinctly say it is we give people permission. It's like we show people that like, hey, you know, we give people permission to make program design system, systems simple. We give people permission to make coaching simple and you don't have to try to be too smart and say a bunch of complex stuff that nobody understands. Here's how to take these things, actually use them with real people and then move forward. And then you see that it works and you're like, oh, well, I don't have to be complex. I don't have to, to live in that world and, and try to impress other coaches. And we give people permission to, to make this their career and go forward with it. That's awesome. I, I want to get back to the strength faction, but let's... Yeah. Let's let's talk about the brick and mortar. Let's talk about beyond strength as well, because I think, like I said, that's the unique part is you guys started with the strength action and have kind of parlayed it into being partners in the brick and mortar. So talk kind of how did that, how did this become now? You guys have a gym together where you work together and you're actually working with people in, in, in real life. Yeah. Uh, I came to Northern Virginia. So when I left Pennsylvania in 2010, came to Northern Virginia um, without going into specifics of who, what, when, where, uh, came down here thinking I was walking into a situation that was so far from, from what it was reported to be. And I found myself living in Loudoun County, Virginia, which if you look it up, this in Fairfax County, which is our neighboring County teeter back and forth as, um, uh, what believe the highest median household income in the entire the wealthiest. Country. Yeah. They're the wealthiest counties. Uh, so you can put two and two together and, uh, it's really, really expensive to live here. So I'm like, Oh, all right, what am I doing? So I left that situation, thought I wanted to go back to school to be a physical therapist. And within weeks was like, oh no, I don't like this either. At least where I worked, I worked in a big um, orthopedic surgeon's office that you go from the waiting room, orthos over you know, one side and then physical therapy on the other. So people are just coming through every two seconds, um, literally every 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, new patient, new patient, new patient. And while I realized I didn't want to be a PT, what I did there as an aide was basically the PTs would get these clients for manual therapy. Um, then as soon as they were done with the manual therapy component, they would hand us their chart and there'd be a sheet of exercises. And now me and maybe two other aides would be watching the floor of a whole bunch of these PT clients going through their exercises. And so I got to use some of my skill set that I'd had from that point of, I don't even know, seven, six years of personal training almost seven years of personal training, but then was seeing managing more than one client at a time. Like I'd heard about people doing like Eric Cressy. And I was just, I kind of had, and it wasn't an overnight thing, but I kind of had this like, Oh, all right, I'm just going to open a gym and do semi-private personal training. Um, so this was all happening in early 2010 by October, 2011. I opened the gym, <laughs> learned a lot of really hard lessons. It wasn't as easy as, as you know, anyone that's opened a gym would know. Um, but I, I wish I could tell you how, well, I do know how, um, I, I had, and this, we can bring this full circle to how I ultimately wind up working with Vince and you. And, um, I had no idea what I was doing from a sales and marketing perspective, but I obsessed over people, um, and getting results and just organically grew the heck out of this business. Um, and I mean, 2011 started there. We were in that space crushing it, wondering how we were going to figure out basically growing out of it in 2016. And all the while, like all the issues that a, that a young gym owner has, how do I 
take care of everything. I'm the janitor, program designer, head coach, everything. And then I have employees. How am I supposed to do all this? Right. Um, wasn't taking care of myself. All the things that we help in strength faction hit very close to home for me. Cause I like a lot of it we built because it were the, it was the things that we experienced and were our pain points. So like we get it. Um, but in 2016, how Todd comes into the picture is finally when he was leaving Connecticut and we talked about starting this program soon after it was like, dude, he was coming down here to film videos and create content. I was like, why don't you just freaking move here? Because we had a very complimentary skill set. He's traveling the country presenting on uh, coaching and I'm going around presenting on program design. It's like, I have this system in the gym to put people in the best positions to be successful, literally. And then our like interpersonal skills, like keeps people around. Now your management and coaching and taking that human connection to another level dude, if you came down here and, and so that's what we did. So he kind of handles that side more of like the, the employee management and development and the interns. Um, and I mean, completely transform the business with coaching systems and way more than, you know, I could get into. And then just, just amplified what I'd already created. And we moved into a much bigger space in 2017. And, uh, was that 2017? Yeah. No, 2016. no, 2016, 2016, like months yeah. after he came down here, we blew the gym up like five times the size that it originally was. Um, and that what, what, one thing I want to touch on is, is I talked to Todd a little bit before we started recording about it is you guys are both, if, if no one has seen your guys content, you guys are high end strength coaches, some of the best content that, that out there as far as coaching. And you guys have both worked with high end athletes, but that's not what you're doing now. You're training adults. And, no. and I think for most of the people that we talk to, Everyone gets in, and I was the same way, and Vince was the same way. We get into this industry because I'm going to train NFL players, and I'm going to train NBA players, and that's what I want to be. But in the private sector, it's, it's, not difficult. it's difficult to build a business around that. And you guys, you guys aren't really training any of those. Like, what is your population that, that comes into Beyond Strength right now? Say it, Chris. Do it. <laughs> we help people age 35 plus that want to look, move, and feel amazing without getting banged up in the process, even when they've tried other gyms, trainers, and diet programs at no avail. Um, and, and he so, says, we kind of laugh because like, I say it all the freaking time. It's all I say, but so I'll he, say like the, the part that I left out is like the gym opening and what brought me down here, what brought me to Virginia was mixed martial arts. Um, my best friend was on the reality show, the ultimate fighter. Um, and that's kind of how the gym really came to be. Like if I told you the whole story, it's insane. And I've worked with here. And when I was in Pennsylvania, worked with some pretty big names in the UFC and Bellator and, and all kinds of organizations and thought that's what our gym was going to be. Um, and so, why, so, so, so how, how did, why did that, why did that change? And, and part, part of that is like, was it hard for both you guys to like put your ego to the side and say, I'm going to work with a 42 year old stockbroker or a housewife. And like, is that difficult? Is that difficult for you guys? I, I, I no. I mean, I can tell you. So my best friend played in the NFL for four years and I went out to, I went out to visit him several times when he played for the Rams and, uh, he, I would watch what happens in the weight room and there'd be a handful of guys that show up to train and the strength coach would give them attention and he wouldn't worry about the other guys. And I talked to him about it. He's like, he's like, they don't have to, they don't worry about it. They don't care. And, and I think the thing is, is like when you have somebody that like that, like it's not the same, it's just not the same as taking somebody that's 42 and is like, I need this to change my life because this will make my life better in this way and this will open up so many doors for me. and that's honestly much more exciting to me than 
just not because reality is, is like guys like that, they're born that way. We're not doing anything to help them. We're making sure that they don't hurt themselves and, and are, are not doing silly stuff. And that's just really the case. Like, so to be able to take, take somebody and actually legitimately transform their life. And then it takes them to a whole nother place. That's, that's much more meaningful to me than trying to get two inches on a vertical jump. That's, that's awesome. That's it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And it, it all happened with the gym specifically. Like it all happened organically. Um, it was like, it was weird because the old gym was like this grungy, you know, I think a lot of people that start like a garage gym, grungy, like super clean. And yet somehow you, somehow you still kind of felt like, like, like a little like rough whenever you were in there. Um, and what's, what's funny is when we moved to this big facility we're in now, like super clean, when we moved in like white walls and I'm thinking our members are going to love this. And we were having, uh, well, I'll say who we attracted. We attracted who we trained today because they wanted to be around kind of that rougher feel. So they were attracted to that. I left that out. And when we moved, we got pushback from our clients about, Oh, you're going corporate. Like, Oh, you got a big, nice gym. I mean, and like, there was a lot of like poking and it was laughing, but some of them took a while to settle in and, and realize, Oh, okay. You guys are still you. And now, I mean, the, the facility is beautiful, but it has our personality again. Um, but at first, our, our clients were scared about that because they were attracted to that sort of rough athletic MMA edge, even though none of them do that and go anywhere near it, except for maybe occasionally go support some of the fighters that we do train when they fight. It was like an aspirational identity. They yeah. wanted to be associated with like being this rough and tumble type person. And I wouldn't say that's as true anymore. No, it's not. It's not anymore. It's not but true. it was. Yeah. So, so because this is a, a business podcast, let's dive into the business side of it. it the, the first question I have for you guys is, is how do you guys kind of share the responsibilities? Like what is, what does it look like within beyond strength as far as, you know, you, you have two business owners there it, from a marketing, from a sales, from a leadership standpoint, how do you, how do you divvy that up between you two? Anybody out there who has a partner in their business, I think is interested in knowing like, how do you guys work so well together? How do you want? I said, I mean, I'm, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead like that like that like that um man and i was saying before the call that this part i wish i could say that this was all like pre-planned and like we were like oh you're gonna do this you're gonna do that we didn't learn about traction until i think two and, and for anyone that's not familiar like entrepreneurial 2016 2000 i think it was 2015 but 2015 2016 yeah yeah learned yeah. about it at least like reading it for the first time um and when he came down in 2016, it's not like we sat down and right away we're like, all right, visionary, integrator, sales, marketing, operations, finance. Um, even whenever I first started working with Vince, and that was one of the things he did was like, where's this? And I'm like, well, we kind of share it. We kind of share it. And it was, it was kind of a tough pill to swallow. It was like, man, as good as we're doing, like we could be even more organized. And yet, uh, we just complement each other really well. So you mentioned to start this thing that we are friends, we're friends first who happen to go into partnership together on a business. And I think we just have a really unique relationship. And I can talk about the specifics of business, but I think this is important. We have a really unique relationship that we can hit each other up. Be like, dude, you effed up. Like, I'm pissed off right now. Why, why did that happen? You know, and that's a two-way street. And neither one of us are going to run and hide and avoid the other one. And within, like, we're going to talk about whatever that is. And within minutes, it's going to be like, all right, like what else is going on? And, and we'll wind up hanging out later. It's like, so I think that's huge is just like a completely open, honest relationship and, and not be nice to be nice because that won't move anything forward. Um, 
I think genuinely caring would be, it almost sounds like a relationship, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to jump in from there, Todd? Because I think that's, that's the yeah. biggest. I mean, that's the, that's the foundation is like, it just starts there. But I, I think from a, it's like a, Chris, Chris runs the, the sales and the marketing and, and that aspect of things because Chris, the gym is Chris's baby right? He, he had the vision for it. He's the one that had the initial vision and he knows what he wants to say about it and he knows how he wants to pull people into it. So he runs that side of things. And for me, it's like, I take that and I look at how can we, I, how can we deliver a product that's based on that vision and how can we continually make it better? Um, it, it's, it's like, it'd be, it's funny. Some of our old employees used to call me dad because I'm the one that's like, I, I'm very, I'm firm, I'm, but I treat people well. And I, I give people the space to make mistakes and try and do all those kind of things, but there's an expectation and I don't mince with expectations. Like this is how we do things. This is the expectation. You can meet it however you want to meet the expectation, but you got to meet it. Um, and that's just kind of my personality. And I think it's because I grew up with some, some really good coaches in sports. Um, so, and I just kind of took that and I applied it in my life. And, um, so yeah, so I, I make sure that the ship's running because it's just kind of my skill set. And, and Chris takes care of all of the, like, how do we say this? How do we want to put this out there into the public? What is our image? Because, you know, Chris is a little bit more polished than I am. I'm a little more rough around the edges sometimes. So it's better to put his image out there than, and I just, I kind of make sure that our product is doing, we make a big promise and I make sure we deliver on it. I think is kind of the easiest way to say it. And, and so to bring, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Chris, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and then to bring it to like the, the tactical level is, is we, we do follow the EOS system pretty closely. We have a level 10 meeting. Um, it's moved a few times as the business has grown and our responsibilities have shifted. But right now it's currently Tuesday mornings. We meet uh, for typically at least 90 minutes. Sometimes those meetings go two hours. Um, we're reviewing, you know, we're going bright spots, like what's going on. You know, it's just the two of us right now. And what's, what's good personally, what's good professionally. All right, let's review the scoreboard. Um, and we just work our way down through that level 10 meeting. Um, and get down to like the rocks review and all right, what are we, what are we looking at this week? You're clear on what you need to do. Okay. I'm clear on what I need to do. Anything we need to communicate to the team. Boom. And that takes about two hours. We do that every week. Um, we have an all, all hands staff meeting every Friday, our, our full staff in service. A lot of the information from that Tuesday meeting will wind up getting communicated on Friday. And I think, uh, I think my wife is sick and tired of seeing Todd's <laughs> name on my caller ID. Not really. Um, but, uh, but we're, we, we communicate all the freaking time um, because as much as you would probably think so, but we're, we're really not in the gym at the same time. Uh, we are, ever. but I mean, yeah, not, not a ton. So yeah. Any, anybody listening to this, it just sounds like a Cinderella story. Like it was like perfect. <laughs> it's weird. No, it is weird, man. Cause that's, it's funny. Cause a lot of our, our folks in strength faction, like, like what should we do um, about a business partner? Like, Oh, don't have one. Yeah, seriously. Right. Don't have yeah. this is rare. Like this is not a normal thing. So what, what what have your struggles been either either within the business, whether it's between you guys or like where you had to fix some some issues, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing. Talk oh, about a, str yeah. a struggle that you guys have had that that you kind of upgraded in the last couple of years. I, I think you can go ahead yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is a lot of this just came out of my head at the last mastermind with Vince. I was like, holy crap, it's true. Um, and it's that. The gym, the gym grew uh, to a, a, a good, respectable size. And then you throw strength action and other things that we do on top of it. And what the heck? Um, but the reality is that all of those things 
were really created by word of mouth. Did not have, I mean, that is marketing, um, but we weren't even good at asking for referrals. So it was like truly organic word of mouth. Everything Vince talked about in his emails, oh, people that are stuck at this number. And I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me. Um, but I think that the beauty in that is that it, it was proof that the product was good enough and good enough is not the word great. Like, I, and I don't want to sound, you know, like, Oh, we have the best, but I I'm very, very proud of what we've created. So by the time that we did put sales and marketing on top of it, which was the problem that we needed to figure out. And that became glaringly obvious in the fourth quarter, uh, of 2018, um, and, and reached out to Vince to start the year in 2019. And, uh, the transformation has been epic on so many levels, like from, from, uh, like a mentally, uh, uh mental freedom, like, and being like, Oh, okay. It's just like when our clients sign up, the first thing that happens is a huge weight is lifted off their shoulders. Cause they're like, I I'm working with someone who has answers now, hopefully they can deliver on those answers. And that thought will kick in soon after. Um, but, but, uh, mental freedom and that like, Oh no, I, I see that Vince is in the trenches doing this stuff. Um, has built a business like, you know, similar to, to where we want to go. Um, let's work with them. And now I can tell, you know, from February to today, how we communicate to our avatar. We're clearer on our avatar, um, our, uh, uh, our offer. Um, and it, it's just, we honestly haven't changed a ton. It's been little tweaks and just, we're still doing $0 in paid advertising. It's about to change. Um, so more of the, the, principle-based stuff that, that we've worked with Vince on, um, which the biggest thing I think is our USP and our offer has just, as Vince likes to, um, I don't know if the words make fun of me, but, but poke at me for having said before, uh, endless lead flow with, with $0 and, and I'll take it. <laughs> I think the, the one question I have is, I mean, you guys have two successful businesses and, and the one thing that I think a lot of people listen to struggle with is, is a balance. How do you guys balance your online portion, so the strength action, beyond strength, and then having a, a personal life of some kind. Like how, how, how do you get into the balance of that, if, if having two successful businesses and then still having some somewhat of a life, or do you not have a life outside of the- uh, No, we do. That's been, the big, that's been the big thing for us, is like pushing towards that more. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing is like, it helps, it helps and hinders, because it's like, uh, you said you played football, Tom. I don't know about you. I always got better grades in football season than I did than I did uh, in the spring. I always got better grades in football season. So it puts pressure on you to be efficient. And so get up early, take your big tasks, and get them done um, because you know the the rest of the day could handle a lot of things uh, because of what could be going on with the gym and, and other things that you might have to deal with in either of the businesses. Um, but I think the the biggest thing that's helped us is we've gotten efficient with our systems. Um, and we've gotten to the point where we've we've learned how to delegate efficiently and to the people we should we should delegate to. And we've given we've we've let loose the reins, I think a lot of times is has been has been the biggest thing that that we've done to really create that space for ourselves. Because, you know, I, I know I certainly used to be of the mindset like, well, my life's about my business and I gotta do that. And this is what it's like, you know what? I, I got to the point to uh I got to the point where I was like, you know, I, I don't want to live that way anymore. And I saw the the destructive nature that it it did have. And it's like, no, I'm creating this business so I can have a cool life and go do things. Um, so I think it's really, it puts the pressure on us to be efficient and get, be very task oriented about what the priorities are. So I think it helps us set priorities. Is it a struggle to balance? Yeah, because, you know, I have to make 
15 transitions throughout the day. I have to go from being, you know, the guy that's writing the emails for strength faction to being a coach. Then I have to be a manager. Then I have to be this. And it's like, so being able to figure out how to take the space to be able to do all those things, it's a, it's a big challenge sometimes. And I'll be honest with you, some days I fail and I'm just not as good at it as I, as I could be. But uh, I think that's the biggest thing is it pressures that because I, you know what, I think the biggest thing is we both have a clear idea of what we want. And that once we started to get that, like, what do I want personally from this? It made it easier to make decisions about how we were going to be efficient, and how we were going to run our time in the business. That's awesome. One thing you touched on is the, is the delegate and elevate and, and having other people to delegate to. I think, you know, talking to Chris, one thing that you guys have locked in is, is your onboarding process and your hiring process. And for two guys that are high level strength coaches, is it difficult for you guys to find people to work with? Cause it's, it, I think that's a huge struggle that business owners have is like the people on the floor are not me. I can do it way better. So can you guys dive in? Number one, your hiring process, do you, do you go for college interns? Do you hire other professionals? And then what does it look like once they're with you? How do you kind of onboard them? Cause yeah. that, that's a huge struggle in this industry. We, I mean, traditionally uh, we have a few, it's either been former clients or it's been off of an internship has been, you know, and you know, a lot of this predates me. So Chris, you know, take over when you can. Um, and they go through 12 weeks of, of a curriculum of, you know, learning how to, to coach the way that we want to coach. And we, we give them pieces that expand what we call their domain of competence. Like first you learn how to observe and how to coach the warm up, And then as you gain and gain and gain and gain more knowledge, then we give you more responsibility. And it's just it based on how they demonstrate proficiency. Um, and we make them understand the systems as much as we can up front and build them through that process so that they can be efficient. Um, and we've gotten lucky that we've, we've uh, have the reach that has brought in some, some interns, uh, like we hired one from last year, and some people that were just interested in what we do. Um, so we got some quality people out of that. But it's really about just taking that 12 weeks and learning about the person as much as we can, what positions they can be successful in. Um, and just really slow cooking them to the point where it's like, okay, well, we know they can be good in this role and they're going to do this. And um, they're gonna, this person can be good in this role and they can do this. And then giving them the opportunities to demonstrate that. But it really starts with just like basic technical proficiency at the most basic level that can be demonstrated. And then we build from there. And it doesn't. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm I was sorry. just going to say it doesn't hurt that our internship times align with the trimesters of strength faction. Right. Yeah. So we're also throwing them into that. And, and if I could just say one thing from earlier that he said, failure is a very relative term. Like where Todd's like, I fail often, like uh, very, very relative term. I mean, there's no like true failure there, but we learn a lot from the things that we do. But I, one thing that I know that he thinks about that I think he missed on that is about it. Is it hard? Is it whatever? But Vince talks about this all the time. One of the best ways to learn is to teach what you're doing. And strength faction has improved our business so much um, because we're teaching things. And maybe it's that you have this aha moment. It's like, holy crap. Like I just said that. And like maybe subconsciously I knew that's why we do what we do about this or whatever. Um, but, but they complement each other so well. I think it would be really hard if we had like an online, um, Todd wanted to start this online cosmetics and handbag uh, <laughs> store. And I was like, dude, that's going to be really hard to like. I hear that's big now. I heard it's yeah, big yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You make a lot yeah. of money. No, yeah. but they complement each other so well. So yeah, it's, it's, there are difficulties about it, but they're, they really, really complement each other. That's a good thing. Now, so just, here's a question that I get a ton because I'm not a business owner. I work for, I've worked for Vince for 11 years. So, so for people that work for Beyond Strength, 
what is that, what is a career? Because I think that's where a lot of owners struggle is like, how do I outline a career path for the people that are underneath me? Do you guys understand that there's going to be a ceiling that someone's going to hit and you're going to lose people? Or do you kind of open the doors for people to build a career, a long-term career within the business? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, we're, what we're, we're trying to create that for people. We want, I mean, we want to, we want to show them a path that like, Hey, you know, as coaching, as far as coaching hours goes or coaching goes, there's only going to be so much money that you can make doing this. But if you want to grow into these bigger roles that we're outlining from like a head trainer to somebody that helps Chris with sales and marketing, like here are your paths forward to be able to, to create a longer term, more sustainable career for you. Because, um, I mean, that we have that outlined and we keep giving them opportunities to grow incrementally and just smaller bits of, of, of responsibility and, and coming from the delegation. Just one of the things that we do that is rare for a lot of people is we do what's called an end of block meeting. Um, and that's my baby. Like I, I, I developed it. I developed the, the process, this, how we do it, like the conversations, how it's supposed to be run. And I mean, I also, I developed the internship program and this summer I was like, I legitimately don't have the time to give this that I need to, to do it the best that I can. I need to get the guys on in on this and I need to give them the responsibility to learn how to teach it um, and to trust them to do it. Now, was it slower? Did they progress slower than they ever have? Absolutely they did, but we had to give them the space to go and do it. And I think that demonstrating that trust that we show that they can grow has been a big thing. And I've, I've recently just started turning over end of block meetings to the guys too. And just, I think the biggest thing is, we're showing faith in them um, because we know that we it's, it's warranted and we're showing them that as we continue to build this out, they continue to grow into bigger and bigger roles with more responsibility that makes it sustainable for them. And it makes it interesting because we're not, we never treat them just like, you know, you're a coach and this is how it, everybody has a voice here. And I think that's one of the most important things. And even going back to, to Chris and my relationship, because I just had a conversation with, with a business owner yesterday talking about how, you know, trying to communicate with their partner and their partner won't listen. But like I handle this and you handle this and your ideas don't work over here. And then that's never the case here. It's like, we, it's always like, you know, I might be responsible for this, but like if Chris has a great idea, I'm not gonna be like, well, you know, we're not going to do that because Todd didn't think that, you know, and, and vice versa. And if the coach, and if the coaches think of something that I didn't think of and it's a better idea than I have, well, we're doing it. Like it's, it's that simple. And, and I think it's really just showing them the trust and the value that we do in them and as we incrementally build them along, I, it shows them that there's going to be a path here. More, more of a personal question for both of you guys. I think a lot of business owners are struggling seeing the long term. Where do you guys see yourselves? Like how many hours right now? Are you guys still coaching clients a lot? Is that something you, you, you're going to have a hard time letting go of? It's something you may you want to do for kind of for the rest of your career? Or do you guys see yourself building this where you can kind of step away from being on the floor at all? Because I think that's a huge struggle that owners have is like, I have a passion for coaching. How do you continue to do that and still run a successful business? I, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. Like the coaching is coaching never goes away. It's just, how are you, how are you doing it? And I, and I think that's the way to look at it. Cause like, honestly, cause I, I go out, I coach more than Chris does still. And, and you know, I would like to be off the floor as much as I can and, and be out of, of the day to day and be helping Chris run and shape the business and do other things. Um, but there's always an element of coaching. And I think that's the, the way to look at it is like, okay, but your highest value isn't coaching a client right now. It's teaching somebody else to coach the client so you can go do this other thing. And then you can coach somebody up on how to do that. So the coaching never goes away. And I think a lot of coaches get inundated with that mindset because they don't know what they want outside of that. 
and they're not there yet and they don't have the vision to project themselves past it to say, well, I actually want this for my business and I wanted to do this for my life. And I think that's where people get caught up on the coaching and having to do this. And it's like, yeah, but is it what required for, of you? And are there other things that you could be doing that will be, uh, will be better for everyone? Um, and that's just, that's the way that I think about it, Chris. I don't, I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, 2011, the gym started until 2014. We didn't talk about it at all today, but we do have a third thing. Um, we, what's, the th- we, what's the third thing? Oh yeah. We, we run the, the human performance program for a full-time federal tactical law enforcement group, um, which is another, another decent responsibility that takes us uh, about an hour away from our facility multiple days a week. Um, but it's an awesome opportunity. I absolutely love it. But when that opportunity came up, I said no to it. Um, and was basically like drug into it. Like, no, like come do this. All right. And I will never forget, um, my gym, our gym is, uh, shares space. Like there's complete separation between us, but we share a building with, uh, a mixed martial arts gym. And I'll never forget when I made the decision, okay, I'm going to go help these guys out. The, the law enforcement group, the owner of the MMA gym was like, now you're, you're about to transform and you're going to have to bring people up and, and you're not going to do that much coaching here because you're going to have to start to sit back and really look over both these things. And I looked at him and he is, he's, he's old. No, he won't listen to this, but, uh, but, but he's, he's a good bit older than me. And uh, he's always been kind of like a little bit of a, a father figure to me down here. And um, I remember saying like, dude, that might be true for you, but that's never going to be true for me. Like I'm obsessed with coaching. That's what I'm going to do forever today. <laughs> um, I coach zero to two hours a week. More often than not, it's zero. Uh, and, and I really do prefer it that way. It's like Todd said, I don't want to be fully out, but I, I, I do not want, and maybe more important to say, it would be uh, a, a big inefficiency and it would be bad for the business if I needed uh, to be on the floor coaching. And that's true for Todd um, too. Uh, and, and we're working on getting him completely off the floor as well. We met the other day and, and went over numbers of here's exactly what it is. Like, okay, we can do this now. Our biggest thing you talked about hiring is hiring the right person to pull Todd off the floor. Um, so we have to, cause I think the thing is to, to consider too, when, and this might be off on a tangent, but the personality of, of who we put on the floor. Cause you know, we have one guy in the morning that is pretty magnetic. You know, he kind of looks like a Ken doll. And he's kind of funny and it's just like, but our guy in the afternoon is very quiet and he's not the same. And, you know, we have a big space and you got to fill it up and I can fill it up. Like I can work the room and, and do that. And we don't have anybody else that can do that yet. And I think that that's, that's really one of the things that we have to look at as well. When we, making sure that the energy stays the way that it should stay, you know. Is, is there, how do you guys evaluate that? So how, how do you, is the, do you have, so you guys are all about systems, it sounds like. Talked about, you said you have your end of block meetings. Can you dive into that a little bit? Like, what does it look like to work for you guys? And what does that evaluation process look like? Are you guys hard on your trainers? Is it, do they have freedom? What, what do you mean by hard? Well, I, I guess, is it, I mean, are you pushing them to make them like your, like how much freedom do those guys have? Like, do, are they, are they constantly being evaluated? Like what is, so you said the end of block meeting, you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always a level of, I don't like to sit on my hands and not, if there's a problem, we deal with it right away. Um, now it's not like, I, I just am not a authoritarian or totalitarian guy. It's like, Hey man, let's have a conversation. We know this is the expectation we met. We've been clear on it. And, and I'll take a step back. Is like one of the biggest frustrations that I've ever had in my career is working for people that didn't give me an expectation and then tried to hold me to that expectation. So we're very clear about that. It's like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. 
if you guys have a, a way to innovate how we're going to do that, we will listen to you and we will do it if it's better than the way we're doing it right now. But this is what we have to get done. Um, you know, as far as the end of block meetings, it's just, do you mean like turning it over to the guys or like the actual function of the meeting? So once someone's already working for you, how do they, how do you, how do you evaluate them going forward? I guess that's, that's my big question. Go ahead, Chris. End of block meetings are for our clients. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's, end of block meetings are basically like a quarterly, they're not, but the, the, the best analogy I can give you is they are a quarterly review for our clients. It's like a 90 day rocks meeting gotcha. before the client. But so I, gotcha. so gotcha. how we run it with the employees is I do, a, I do a monthly meeting with them. And usually if it's nice outside, we take a walk. We walk, we check in. And, and the first thing I do is I find out, um, I check in with them. Um, and then we talk about things that they could go, that we, they think could be better, better at the gym. And I get their feedback. And then from there, we talk critically about how they can improve. And, and we do that once a month. Um, and then we'll do a bigger quarterly meeting and we talk about kind of where they want to go and, and how to facilitate that for them. We're, I mean, the, the biggest thing is we're about facilitating growth. Our, our, like one of our guiding principles is human development for development's sake. So it's like we have to put people in the position so they can see that, feel it, and grow from it. Now, but it always comes back to like, you know, I, I, I listened to, I've been listening to Jocko Willink's book, The Dichotomy of Leadership. And um, the thing that they say is like, we have SOPs, but SOPs are guides. They're not strict. And it's the same thing with us. You know, they're talking about, obviously, we're not dealing with grenades and people getting shot at, but it's like, we have the same thing. It's like, this is the SOP. It's your guideline, but you need to be, you can't be so rigid that you can't make a decision. And our goal is to, is to develop decision makers. Because if, if you have to be so rigid that you have to come to Chris Ride and make a decision about something that might happen, it's like, Chris and I have failed. I, I, our job is to train critical thinkers and to make them coaches that can do that without us because that's the only way that they're going to grow and develop. And, and we do it in, in, in all the projects that we kind of do. Like even a, we do every, a lot of gyms run a book club. I think we do a pretty good job at it because we use it to think, get people to think critically. So, okay, so you read the book, you have to give us three uses for yourself. You have to give us three uses for how we can use it with the client, but then you have to pull out abstractly out. All right. So the book is talking about this. What other abstract themes that maybe the client, the, the, the author didn't necessarily say, but you think are in there. And I want you to pull them out and I want you to tell me what you think they are. Cause I want to train them to think. And, and that's the main goal is, is to develop our folks to meet an expectation in a unique way that fits them, that fits the personality and makes the gym grow. And, and that's really the, the objective of our development. And those are done, that's not in the one-on-one -on -one meeting. Those book, like, I don't, I don't even want to call it like a book review, but like that report that he's talking about of saying, hey, here's my three on this, my three on this, and my abstract themes. Those are done as a group in our staff in service. That's okay. it's awesome stuff, guys. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You guys are busy okay. guys. If, if people want to learn more about you, they want to get involved with the Strength Faction, how do they go about doing it? Yeah. So uh, strengthfaction.com is the website. If you go there, uh, before September 2nd, 2019, all you got to do is click the enroll now button. Uh, enrollment is open button and you'll learn all about it, how to get involved and what happens with it. And then you can follow us on Instagram at, at strength faction. Um, my email is Todd at beyond Shoot me one. So you're saying before September 2nd, when you guys do enrollment, it's like a one it time. closes. That's it. it closes. We, we, we open it three times a year. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome stuff. Guys, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Uh, thank you, Tom. You got it, guys. It was it was great to meet you, Todd. Chris, good to see your bald head again, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Do me a favor and click subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. 
Whatever you think about us, let us know. We want to make this show better. But by, by subscribing to the podcast, you get updated every time a new show comes out. And by leaving a review, you help us make this show better. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.